Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Breaking news tonight, 12 seconds of terror. The new video of Kobe Bryant's helicopter and what we're learning about the final moment before it slammed into a mountain. What caused it to drop a thousand feet in a matter of seconds? The earth is shaking from. The other breaking news tonight, powerful earthquakes off the coast of Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. People run from buildings as the shaking is felt as far away as Miami. We'll have the latest. Resting their case, the president's lawyers wrap up as the fight over John Bolton's new book heats up. It is not a game of leaks and unsourced manuscripts. Will the former national security advisor be called to testify in the president's Senate trial? Plus, Rudy Giuliani sounds off in a CBS News exclusive. He's a backstabber. A Connecticut man charged with the murder of his estranged wife tries to kill himself. The dramatic emergency caught on camera. Getting out, Americans evacuate China as that deadly mysterious virus continues to spread. Plus, we're with government scientists as they race to create a vaccine. Topping the polls, he's stuck at the impeachment trial, so why is Bernie Sanders surging just days before the Iowa caucuses? And head of the class, how a five-year-old's act of kindness inspired an entire school to take up her cause. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. We are going to begin with new details on the chopper crash that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others. The coroner says the remains of all nine victims have been recovered. And tonight we are getting our first close-up look at the crash site in Southern California. A new cell phone video shows the moments before Bryant's helicopter plunged into a hillside and erupted into flames. The pilot had thousands of hours of flying experience. He knew the area and its terrain, but the weather kept getting worse. And tonight there are new tributes to Bryant from former teammates and one-time rivals. Chris Van Cleve leads off our coverage tonight in Calabasas, California. New video appears to show Kobe Bryant's helicopter circling just minutes before the crash that killed all nine aboard. 
The NTSB used a helicopter today to airlift key pieces of wreckage out of the rugged hillside crash site while investigators hunted for smaller items. Investigators are poring over pilot Ara Zabayan's history and helicopter maintenance records. Preliminary flight data shows the trip started normally. About 15 minutes later, the pilot began to circle. The weather was getting worse as he waited 12 minutes for air traffic control to clear him onward. About 9.40, flying below the clouds, Zabayan asked controllers to track him on radar, but he was too low. Four minutes later, radioing, he was climbing to go above the layer of clouds. Flying now in potentially blinding fog, he reached 2,300 feet before turning left. In its final 12 seconds, the helicopter began to dive, falling at nearly 5,000 feet per minute. The last recorded speed, about 184 miles an hour. NBA star LeBron James spoke to Brian earlier that morning. In an Instagram post, James wrote he was heartbroken and devastated and promised to continue Kobe's legacy. Brian's former teammate, Shaquille O'Neal, also talked about losing his friend. I haven't eaten. I haven't slept. Our relationship was, was that of brothers. An outpouring of grief for all of the victims, including baseball coach John Altabelli, his wife and daughter. He had the perfect life, perfect wife, perfect family. It's just mind-boggling how quick that went away. Now, the NTSB wants to rule out mechanical failure, but this helicopter doesn't have a black box, so they are looking for the pilot's iPad, passengers' cell phones, even parts of the flight control that may record some flight data. We should tell you the Sheriff's Department has had to step up patrols, even putting officers, deputies on horseback to try to keep people from hiking into the crash scene. Nora? All right, Chris, thank you. Today, the Caribbean was hit by one of the most powerful earthquakes on record in that region, magnitude 7.7. It was centered in the sea between Jamaica and Cuba about, and it was felt 450 miles away in Miami. Manuel Bohorkas is there, and Manny, I understand you could feel the shaking. That's right, and it is rare for Miami to feel the tremors from an earthquake, but this afternoon, some buildings here shook enough that hundreds of people emptied into the streets around town. Now, so far, there are no reports of injuries or damage here, but closer to the epicenter, which is between Cuba and Jamaica, videos appear to show where giant sinkholes opened up in the Cayman Islands. The earthquake struck just after two this afternoon, causing panic in areas where the jolt was much stronger. So far, no reports of widespread damage or injury there either, but there is concern about aftershocks, especially after just hours later, a 6.1 struck the air. Here in Miami, we watched as engineers fanned out across this, across this area to inspect the buildings here. So far, no signs of any concern. Nora? All right, Manny, thank you. President Trump's defense team wrapped up its opening arguments this afternoon, but the Senate impeachment trial may be far from done. A battle looms over allowing potentially explosive witness testimony. Nancy Cordes reports tonight from Capitol Hill. It is time for this to end. The White House team wrapped up today with this appeal to the jury. You know what the right answer is in your heart. The president's you know the lawyers right dismissing new claims from John Bolton that contradict their defense. Are you going to allow proce proceedings on impeachment to go from a New York Times report about someone that says what they hear is in a manuscript? Bolton's forthcoming book says the president did condition aid to Ukraine on investigations into the Bidens. When I was there... Speaking uh, in Sarasota last night, former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly said, I believe John Bolton. Rudy Giuliani does not. He's a backstabber. 
The president's personal lawyer spoke to Catherine Herridge today for CBS This Morning. He never said to me, I've got a problem with what you are doing in Ukraine. Never once, never winked, never sent me a little note. With pressure mounting for Bolton to testify, Oklahoma Republican James Lankford proposed today that senators be allowed to read Bolton's manuscript first and then decide. That sounds like a reasonable solution to me. What an absurd proposal. Democrats called it a stalling tactic. As a start, would you like to see the book and see exactly what Bolton says? Nothing is a substitute for a witness under oath, in person, testifying. That's what we want. And Nancy joins us from the Hill tonight with a new development as Republicans just came out of a meeting where they discussed witnesses. Nancy, what can you tell us about what happened? Nora, several Republicans tell us that in that meeting, Leader McConnell told his colleagues that they do not currently have the votes they need to block witness testimony. But that's only because a handful of Republican senators haven't made up their minds yet. They say they want to see how the next couple of days of this trial play out when they finally have a chance to ask questions of the House managers and the president's lawyers. It's going to be a dramatic couple of days ahead. Thank you, Nancy. There's breaking news tonight on the new coronavirus. CBS News has learned the White House is considering a suspension of all flights between the U.S. and China. This comes as the death toll in China jumped to more than 130 tonight, and the number of cases now tops 5,300. Screening for the virus is being expanded to 18 major airports and two land border crossings. Dr. John LaPook reports now on an escape flight from the infection zone. With the entire Chinese city of Wuhan on lockdown, hundreds of trapped Americans are getting out. The first sanctioned plane left just this afternoon. There was police security on the roads on the way in. Ian Thompson, a dual British-American citizen, recorded his journey. If your name was on the list, you got into the airport. A federal spokesperson familiar with the plan told CBS News passengers will be quarantined and observed for three days once they are in the states. With more than 100 cases tested in the U.S., public health officials are on alert. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens, you're behind the eight ball. Dr. Anthony Fauci is head of infectious diseases at the National Institutes of Health. If you then start seeing contacts and contacts of contacts getting infected, then that becomes more of a concern. The State Department is warning Americans about traveling to China. When you see that reaction with quarantining tens of millions of people. The only thing I can say about that, that is that is unprecedented. But I can tell you the reason I'm agnostic about it is because it's never been done before, not even close to this magnitude. If the outbreak continues to grow, the NIH does have an ace in the hole. Existing technology that allows researchers to jumpstart vaccine development by modifying a previously developed vaccine. Now, the beauty of this is that you can do it really, really quickly. Dr. Fauci told me if the outbreak continues to spread, a widely available vaccine would still be at least a year away. For now, officials emphasize the risk to the general public is low. But Nora, they're still learning about this virus, including how quickly it is spreading from person to person. All right, Dr. LaPook, thank you. Tonight, a dramatic turn in the case involving a man who is accused of murdering his wife and the mother of his five children. Fotis Dulos is in critical condition after apparently trying to end his own life. He was under house arrest awaiting trial. Mola Lengi is following the case.
Drone footage captured the dramatic minutes. Farmington police officers tried to revive Fotis Dulos. Officers found the 52-year-old unresponsive while sitting in his running vehicle in the garage of his Farmington home. They performed CPR for more than 10 minutes, stopping only to check for a pulse. Farmington Police Lieutenant Timothy McKenzie. He had obvious signs of medical distress. Officers forced entry and immediately began to perform life-saving measures. Dulos's attorney tells CBS News he apparently tried to kill himself by carbon monoxide poisoning. Farmington police found him while performing a welfare check after Dulos failed to show up for a bond hearing that could have sent him back to prison for the alleged murder of his wife. Mr. Dulos was uh, transported to Yukon Health by ambulance where he is now listed as critical condition. Dulos was arrested earlier this month and charged with the murder of his estranged wife, Jennifer Dulos, seven months after her disappearance. Her body has never been found. Dulos's ex-girlfriend, Michelle Traconis, and his former attorney, Kent Maloney, were also charged with conspiracy to commit murder in Jennifer's death. Well, this is video of Dulos arriving by medical helicopter to a New York City hospital where he was transferred a little more than an hour ago. He remains in critical condition in an intensive care unit tonight. Meanwhile, back here at his Farmington, Connecticut home, police remain on scene. Nora. All right, Mola, thank you. And it's been nearly three years in the making. Today, President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu appeared together in the White House to unveil a plan for Middle East peace. But it's already been rejected by the Palestinians. Weijia Zhang reports tonight from the White House. For two leaders fighting for their political lives, there was no better time to announce a peace plan. Today, Israel takes a big step towards peace. President Trump's impeachment trial was playing out on Capitol Hill, while Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had just been indicted on corruption charges hours earlier. It's a great plan for Israel. Mr. Trump sold his plan as the best bet for compromise to the 70-plus year conflict. My vision presents a win-win opportunity for both sides. But the proposal, crafted by President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, was considered dead on arrival since it was written without the Palestinians. Whose president slammed it as a conspiracy between the U.S. and Israel. The plan would allow for a Palestinian state only if they meet certain tests over time. Israel could continue annexing its settlements in the West Bank, and Jerusalem would be recognized as Israel's undivided capital. Thousands of Palestinians fill the streets in Gaza City, burning pictures of Trump and Netanyahu and holding signs that read, Palestine is not for sale. Tonight, President Trump is holding a campaign rally in Wildwood, New Jersey, where thousands waited to get in, some since yesterday, despite the cold. Congressman Jeff Van Drew will join the president on stage because it's his district. Van Drew left the Democratic Party last month to join the GOP over impeachment. Nora. All right, Weisha, thank you. Now to the 2020 campaign. It's crunch time for Democrats in Iowa with the first in the nation caucuses now just six days away. This as the impeachment trial in Washington adds more uncertainty to what is already a very tight race. Ed O'Keefe is in Clinton, Iowa for us tonight. In the final days before the Iowa caucus, former Vice President Joe Biden's closing argument is only he can defeat President Trump. The whole impeachment trial for Trump 
is just a political hit job to try to smear me because he is scared to death to run against me. Biden has said several times that he won't testify as part of an impeachment trial witness swap with Republicans. I have nothing to defend. This is all a game. He's one of a handful of candidates in Iowa this week as four other contenders are stuck in Washington dealing with the trial. Multiple polls show that one of them, Senator Elizabeth Warren, is fading, while another, Senator Bernie Sanders, has a slim lead. We're down to the wire on timing. In his absence, Sanders is relying on an army of thousands of devoted volunteers. Some have come from as far away as Oregon. I have a lot of regrets from 2016. All I did was donate $35, and that's all I did. So this time I want to be able to say if he loses, you know, I did everything I could. Another senator, Minnesota's Amy Klobuchar, raced to Iowa tonight to squeeze in a campaign stop before the trial resumes tomorrow. As she told us on her campaign bus Sunday. I'm going to have to um, do everything I can to communicate uh, with the caucus goers of Iowa. One other candidate Joe Biden's going to have to worry about is well not competing here in Iowa. Former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg is now placing fourth in national polls. A little more than a month before he first appeared on ballots on Super Tuesday. Nora? Uh, it looks like Joe Biden is about to uh, approach you there. All right. Ed, that's what happens when you're live on the campaign trail. All right. Welcome to the campaign trail, Nora. All right, Ed. What a moment. What a moment indeed. All right. Thank you. Breaking news tonight from Prince George's County, Maryland. A police officer has just been charged with murder. Corporal Michael Owen is accused of shooting and killing a man who was handcuffed and sitting in the front seat of his police car yesterday. Tonight, a former Navy SEAL whose case was championed by President Trump is striking back at his fellow SEALs. In a new video he posted online, Eddie Gallagher is calling out by name the men who accused him of war crimes. David Martin reports tonight from the Pentagon. Now retired, Navy SEAL Edward Gallagher was acquitted of murdering an ISIS prisoner, but says he still has to fight to clear his name. Even though I went to trial, exposed all the lies that were said about me by certain cowards in my platoon, and found not guilty, there are those to this day who refuse to accept that fact. Gallagher was convicted of posing with the body of the prisoner, but thanks to President Trump, the sentence was overturned and he was allowed to keep his trident pin the symbol of his status as a SEAL. Now he has taken to social media to call out those who testified against him, complete with pictures. The truth has never been fully exposed about what really happened. You may think you know, but you have no idea. The controversy surrounding Gallagher was one of the reasons the Navy's top SEAL issued a memo last summer stating we have a problem with good order and discipline. And the controversy is not over yet. David Martin, CBS News, the Pentagon. Now to the story of a little girl in Southern California who heard about a big problem and decided to make an even bigger difference. Here's Jamie Ucas. Many parents at this Vista California school were behind on lunch payments. So Kiki Hardy, a soft-spoken kindergartner, decided to take action. Because somebody's mom didn't buy lunch. Her solution? Open a cocoa and cookie stand. We got money for the school lunch. I didn't even know who she was. Teresa Sharp runs the cafeteria. You never know what their little minds, what's thinking, what's going around and around in their heads. This is what Kiki's mind cooked up, a series of fundraisers. I heard that somebody donated $250, I think. 
and someone else donated seven thousand dollars. Whoa. Kiki's Kindness Project didn't just pay off her elementary school's debt, but the entire district's. For her to come up with this all on her own was just amazing to me. Fifth grader Dawson Spees says he's now inspired to plant trees. Raylin Chavez wants to feed the homeless. If it wasn't for Kiki, would you have even thought about some of these ideas? Probably not. Raylin says when she told her family about Kiki's Kindness Project, it made my grandma cry. She was just so happy that our next generation is going to be that kind and caring. Proof that kindness Help my community. can be contagious. Thank you. Jamie Yukis, CBS News, Vista, California. Let's all remember that, that kindness can be infectious. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, if you saw kids throwing rocks near your business, would you call the police? Or would you offer them jobs? How one man's decision changed lives. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell, Washington. See you tomorrow. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay, and and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See that that does that doesn't count. <laughs> sure, I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.